Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcon's Flyover. John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you on this Thursday evening. 404-726-0929. That is our new and improved Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. So we finally got our um, got our uh, phone line switched to over to our new, uh, to the text line and everything. So 404 404- 726-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, how you catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game. I'm at JMSH316. He's at the D. Lewis for real. This unite look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So we're looking at these pro football focus rankings. Listen, it's list season, right? List season. All right. Day day. Where do you think Tyler Algier came in on the running back rankings? 30, top 32 top running 32. backs. Yeah, top 32 uh, running backs. Where do you think Tyler Algier landed? I like I like him in the middle of the pack, maybe 12 to 15-ish. Okay. Uh, 17. Okay. Okay. So, not bad. Which, again. That's not you, bad for a rookie. So, look, when well, you look at the guys that are ahead of him, right? I mean, it's hard to argue. Right. Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Christian right. McCaffrey, right. Josh Jacobs, yep. Jonathan Taylor, yep. Saquon, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Jones, Tony yep. Pollard, um, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, yeah. Kenneth Walker III, Alvin Kamara, uh, Damian Pierce, Travis Etienne, uh, Ramondre Stevens, uh, Stevenson, sorry, and then uh, Tyler Algier comes in. At 17, yeah, yeah. over over J.K. Dobbins, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, and Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, that's not, like I said, coming off a rookie year, that's not bad. Yeah, and I think yards. I think a lot of it, too, has to do with the fact of how productive he was in college as well. Yeah. Like, he's still that guy right now. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, the 1,000 yards, I mean, is is impressive for a guy who only had seven starts right. um, last year. Here's the write-up about it. Arthur Smith is known as a smash-mouth type of coach which made Algier the perfect back for his offense last season. Algier is a yards-after-contact player and is 752 yards-after-contact and 3.6 yards-after-contact average both showcased that. He should not be forgotten as a very impressive young back from the 2022 class. And again, 1,000 yards, and say what you will, but the guy only had seven starts. Now, he was a feature point of the offense, 
throughout the year, even when he didn't start, but still only seven starts. So that's a pretty good total for a guy who didn't get all of the snaps and obviously start out as their RB1, right? So, again, this is all good news for the Falcons. Again, the only position that we've talked about where the Falcons had no representation was, let me check here and just see. Um, Oh, yeah, defensive edge, defensive end. Oh, boy. Is that important? Are defensive ends and defensive edge players important or not? Oh, they they, they kind of have a little value. Okay. Well, maybe next year. So, anyway. uh, But, no, good for Tyler Algier. Um, And and I think that's a fair assessment of where he's at. I I, I think that's a fair assessment, kind of, you know, middle of the pack as far as he's not one of the top running backs in the league, right? Jacobs, you know, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, McCaffrey, right? He's not that. But – you know, he's probably better than, uh, you know, Zeke Elliott is right now or Cam Akers. Um, David Montgomery's another guy that's on this list. A.J. Dillon, Rashad Penny. He's probably still a little bit better than some of those guys that are out there. But I think that's a pretty fair assessment of him. Now, what may not be fair is, and look, we're in list season, right? So everybody's got their list of things that they're putting out to, you know, fill time for all these network shows and different things like that. So ESPN ranked uh, the roster cores of teams, calling it ranking roster cores, okay? The Falcons' core is Ritter, London, Pitts, Lindstrom, Jarrett, right? Now, we'll talk about if that's the right list or not, but Day-Day, ask another question. So, Ritter, London, Pitts, Lindstrom, Grady. Where do you think that ranked on ESPN's list of ranking roster cores? Where do you think they came in at? Uh, 25. 31. Wow. 31. Wow. All right, here's what they say. Quote, London recorded a 63 overall score in our receiver tracking metrics last season. A very strong number for a rookie. Jarrett is a perpetually underrated player, but is starting to decline. While Pitt still has major potential after a disappointing start to his career. I'm glad somebody else has said it. I'm glad it's just not Chuck Reed that, that's been saying all this. But anyway, um, Lindstrom is well regarded, though the pass and run block win rates just aren't anything special. And um, they say despite only finishing above the Arizona Cardinals, the core age of uh, 24.8 was tied for the third youngest alongside Carolina, who ranked eight slots uh, above them. So um, they say the biggest uh, with, with Jesse Bates, um, they expect that the uh, Falcons' uh, safety will lead to much-improved defense. Quote, but most of all, Ritter, a former third-round pick, remains a huge question mark. Safety Jesse Bates the third was a candidate for the core, but I felt like the team made enough of a commitment to Ritter this offseason by not pursuing real alternatives to warrant putting him on the list over a veteran safety. Well, again, if your quarterback isn't one of the core players of your team, your team's not going to be very good. I, I can tell if If a core member of your team is a safety and not a corner, you won't be good. Sorry. Sorry. I, I, again, not to burst your bubble. I, I, I like Jesse Bates, but if you have a guy – 
that's a that's a core player for your roster, and it's safety over quarterback. Quarterback, you're in trouble because your quarterback's got to be part of your core. If you can't rely on your quarterback, again, you're in no man's land in the NFL. Now, I would put, I would put, I would have, I would replace Drake London with AJ Terrell. I, I, I would have replaced Drake London with AJ. Terrell. I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, AJ's I, AJ has proven himself. Right. I, I, I would say your core is Desmond, AJ, Grady, Lindstrom, and Pitts. That's the core of your team. And that's what's going to help you win games. That's the that's the group of guys that now again there are pieces and parts that have to step up or this or that or and this thing could change. But I think right now, if you look at the core strength of this team, it's Ritter, it's Grady, it's Pitts, it's Lindstrom, and it's AJ Terrell as well. And so uh, that's that's where I would have them as uh, as their core uh, group, but. It is interesting that, you know, and it's funny because all of these prognosticators are all over the board. You know, on one hand, there's a group of prognosticators that think that the Falcons could be Super Bowl bound and they break out team of the NFL in this upcoming season. And then there are people that think that, you know, they're going to take a step backward. Even with all the roster improvements that they made, that they're going to take a step backward. I don't see how that's possible. But it, it is funny how all over the board that they are with the Falcons. And look, there's there's reason to believe that way. Because the Falcons haven't shown you in five years that they can be above 500 in a sport that is designed to be bad, then immediately good, right? That's what the NFL is. You can be really bad and then be really good. Jacksonville was 3-14, and 14. With Urban Meyer and whatever other Fakakta coach they had, and then went nine and eight and won the division the year a year later. So you can go from bad to good in the blink of an eye. The fact that the Falcons haven't had a winning season since 2017 does give you some pause for concern. But again, I I would have had AJ Terrell as part of our young core, and he's going to get paid like he's going to get paid like he's a core member of this team. There's not going to be any doubt uh, about that. So, um, Dylan Wyoming native and Atlanta Falcons linebacker, Troy Anderson is set to host a free football camp on June 28th at Beaverhead Country High School. Isn't that appropriate for some guy from Wyoming? Um, day day, the camp is open to all boys and girls entering grades one through eight and will run from noon to three. Campers will receive a t shirt. And can expect special guest appearances from the NFL and, how about this, Day Day, Montana State players. Let me ask you, if I put a gun to your head, could you name one guy that plays for Montana State right now? (laughs) No. Yeah, I I couldn't either. And I'm a college football nut. I couldn't name one single solitary player that plays at Montana State currently. I would tell the guy, if you put the gun to my head, I would say, just pull the trigger without asking me the question. I don't even want to know what the question is. Just pull the trigger at that point. Anyway, um, camp's free. Uh, donations will be accepted. That's good for Troy. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and it talks about him being an, uh, an all-state quarterback, leading the Beavers to the uh, uh, Class 2016 
state uh, class A state title as a season. Uh, and it's funny because you know when you read through his bio and all this kind of stuff, standout played quarterback, uh, quarterback, running back, linebacker during his college days at Montana State. 2021, Anderson was the uh, FCS ADA Defensive Player of the Year and earned unanimous first team All American honors. Um, the Dylan native recorded 59 tackles in a pass defended during his rookie campaign. You can reserve a spot at the Troy Anderson football camp by, by clicking the link. Are you going to show up or anything like that? I mean, I know you cover high school sports. And all I'm that stuff, not but... going to Montana. Okay. Would yeah. you go to Montana? Uh, if it was a free trip, yeah. I, I'm one of those guys that I want to be able to say I've pretty much been to every state in, really? the, in the U.S. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, Troy, that, you want to fly me out to cover for the game? Let's do it. The low-key place that I would like to go is New Mexico. Yeah, same, I, I, I'm, same. I'm I'm fascinated by American Indian culture. Yeah. South Southwestern culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Texas culture. I mean, cowboys. I mean, yeah. you know, like like the whole that whole culture is fascinating. To me, have you, know? you have you been to Arizona to the um, what you call it the uh, the only time I've been to Arizona I flew into I've flown into Phoenix a couple of times. One time I did kind of. Go outside the airport a little bit, but the other time. So you was haven't been layover. to the Grand Canyon, then? No, no, no. I so haven't, no, I haven't been the Grand Canyon. I yet. had no idealism. and I've only I've been. A few, I've done a few girls in Buckhead like that. But <laughs> anyhow, sorry. Um, I, I only I've only been once, or well, to the Grand Canyon once, um, and had no clue of this. There's actually reservations at the bottom in parts of the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, uh, you know what? That that's the Colorado River, right? Is, yeah, is what runs. Is yeah. the river that runs at the bottom of the of the Grand Canyon, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can see that. I mean, you know, the Colorado River is like what helps supply the water to the Western United States, right? right? I mean, you know, like the water that California gets stuff like that kind of comes from yeah. part of that comes from the Colorado River and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, you know, it just shocked me because I just remember looking down there and then started asking, and they were like, "Yeah, there's reservations down there," and you know, and I'm like, "How the heck do they even get out of there?" <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, look, um, they're, I'd say this, they're probably hiding. I mean, because they were all exported to, you know, Oklahoma, right? I mean, they, you know, again, that's the Trail of Tears and all You're that. Right, I mean, right, so, yeah. um, you know, but yeah, I mean, they got all the casinos now. That's, that's probably what it is. They probably have a casino down there. So, <laughs> right. but no, I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. And again, it's not like they probably, you know, get up early in the morning off the reservation and, you know, head to, Whatever, pizza hut right, to go work. I right. mean, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they, they do everything the, down there. Right, yeah. right. And they probably hunt and fish and everything like that, you know, on the reservations and stuff like that. But that would be cool. Like I would I, I could I, I would love to see the Grand Canyon. That would be one of those things that I would love to see. And then the Southwest, like I said, New Mexico, Santa Fe and places like that. I mean, I would love to go to some of those areas of, of like the New Mexico state and all that stuff uh, around there. But anyway, uh, but good for Troy Anderson in all this. All right, Jason Longshore, when we get back, we'll talk about Atlanta United's 0-0 draw. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app.
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in this Kia studios on this Thursday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is our new and improved Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, Atlanta United last night, I thought it was a good draw. I thought, um, you know, the fact they got a point on the road and uh, obviously played well defensively uh, was a good sign last night. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to the man that knows all things about Atlanta United. He's the color analyst for them on 92.9 The Game. And uh, coming up on Saturday, Jason Longshore, who's on Twitter, at Longshoe, by the way, will be on the call along with uh, Mike uh, Mike Connie. Uh, they will have the call for Atlanta and D.C. United. Saturday, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 kick. Chuckery will be large and in charge in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Jason Longshore joins us on the waitfor.com hotline. Jason, good evening to you. Good evening. You gonna crash the booth with us on Saturday? Yeah, I, I was thinking. You know, if you need some, you know, analysis and and some just insight, you know, Doc Sock's always available. I can listen. If you if you pull a muscle or something or like strain your back, you can always call the crafty lefty to come in and you know be a part uh, of everything. So, uh, <laughs> I like, any, it, like it. Yeah. Anyway, um, look, you know. Brad Guzan, who's listen, he's taken plenty of hits this year, right? I mean, he's and I don't mean like physically, but I mean like from people in the media and different things like that. He's taken plenty of hits about his play at times, but he was outstanding last night, especially in the first half, where I think he made what like five really big saves in that match. I mean, he was terrific last night, and you know, it really felt like okay, that was one of those matches where we really needed that out of him last night. Yeah, you needed that kind of defensive performance, I think, in totality. But you're right about Brad. I mean, I've had this conversation all week. Go back to the Orlando game. I mean, we're going to go back to he did take a hit, actually, physically. Uh, knocked him out for seven weeks. Right. That injury from NYC that he comes back in Orlando and 
played really well and had a huge save in that one to earn a point on the road against New England. Yeah, he didn't play well. I think the criticisms of him were extremely overblown and jumping to conclusions when he had had a good match literally four days prior. You can't jump to conclusions about a player of his quality. You can't base it on one game. He had a huge night last night, but he is a very important part of this team going forward this season. And it's not just for the shot stopping. I think a big reason why the defense last night, yeah, did concede a number of shots. But when you go back and you look at the the overall numbers and you look at where a lot of those shots were coming from, he saved the close-in ones, but there weren't that many of those. LAFC didn't get good looks off of crosses consistently, something that's given Atlanta United troubles this year at times. They didn't get good looks off of set pieces. They didn't get good looks off of transition. They ended up settling for a lot of shots, 25 to 18 yards out, around the top of the 18-yard box. They settled for some longer-range shots. I mean, Brad Kazan made the saves that he had to make, He made some saves that not many goalkeepers are making, but his overall leadership and organization of the team defensively, we've seen it in two out of the three games since he came back. That's pretty good. The more games he gets, the sharper he will be in shot stopping, but also with his distribution, which is another angle that I thought he was good with last night. Yeah, I think, uh, and and I may be wrong, so you can correct me on this. I think Atlanta United finished with no shots on target um, in in the match last night. Was that about what L.A. was doing or Atlanta United maybe not being aggressive enough? It's both. I mean, you have to give credit to LAFC for keeping Atlanta off the board because no team has done that this season. Mm -hmm. That's the first time Atlanta United hasn't scored in a match this season. They were the last team in MLS to have that kind of a a streak. LAFC, I thought what they did in the middle third especially was really good. They had almost like two waves of defending high up the field. Their press was very good, especially as the game went on. And I think Atlanta got tired and kind of had that siege mentality where you maybe just couldn't get things going when you did have the ball because LAFC was all over the attacking half. But they were really good in the middle third to keep Atlanta from getting into the attacking half and into dangerous spots. And you have to give LAFC credit for that. I think one of the reasons why Atlanta couldn't do that outside of just LAFC was was good on the night is Thiago Almada, Mateus Hosech, who I think both had poor games. And it happens. I mean, these are two players, especially in, in Almada, who have been very good this season in those kinds of moments, and they weren't here. I think Hosechu having to defend as much as he did, it's not the best, strongest suit of his game, and it took a lot out of him, and he had some uncharacteristic giveaways, and Almada wasn't able to get the team into those dangerous spots consistently. And for a player who has been as good as he is, again, you can't jump to conclusions. You can't jump to, whoa, well, he's not any good anymore. That's crazy talk. He had, didn't have the night that we're accustomed to seeing from him because he struggled at times with his touch. And also LAFC defended him really well. You've got to find a way going forward when teams defend that well. You've got to find other avenues to get into the attacking half and just relieve the pressure defensively because you can't ask Brad Gazan in the defense to deal with that type of offensive onslaught on a regular basis. And they haven't all season 
but you can't let that become a trend. And if anybody knows about crazy talk, it's me because I do it for four hours a night. Anyway, uh, Jason Longshore joining us on the WayForward.com hotline. Um, <laughs> when when Carlos Vela was stoned by Brad Guzan on that penalty kick, and then what was he called? I guess I guess he was over the line, or, or he didn't. He he stepped off the line. Was that like that collective gasp? It was like, oh, my gosh, like how did this happen? And he's going to get another shot. And obviously, I mean, he didn't make it. I mean, I think it, you know, it, it, it ended up going over the crossbar. But was that kind of like one of those exhale moments of like, whoo, we dodged one there? I mean, he made a great save, but, you know, it just felt like, okay, then we get the, you know, then we get the re-kick on it. And it was like, oh, gosh, he's not going to miss this twice, is he? And that just felt like the moment of the match where, like, that could have been the deciding factor about what happened. Oh, 100%. I mean, when that penalty gets called, and it's soft, but it's a penalty. Porata grabs Vela as he's, he's running into the 18, and Vela goes down as soon as he feels the contact, which nothing wrong with that. Puts the, the decision in the hands of the referee, and there's enough there to justify the penalty. Um, they give it. Okay. I liked what... Brad Kazan did, and I liked what Juan Oparata did in the moments. Because remember, there was a long review, and mm-hmm. I think they were looking at, is it a penalty? Is it also, was there an offside decision in it? Possibly. It, it took forever. But Kazan and Parata were both having some conversations with Carlos Vela. And you start to get into somebody's head a little bit. Then Brad's a step off. I mean, he, he just mistimes the, the save by a step back in the day, almost like the, the double play where the the second baseman or the shortstop doesn't really touch second base, but they're close enough. Back in the day, that save would have stood. But now you have the video review and who's a foot off the line. You have to have a one foot on the line or over the line when the ball struck. Brad started early. So you have to retake it. Thought that was going to end up in the back of the net. But that's also tough for the kicker in those moments because – You've just had it saved, even though it didn't count. You get in your own head sometimes with, okay, do I do the exact same thing? Because that's what I do on penalties generally. Most guys kind of have a go-to penalty that they're going to go with. Do I do something completely different? What's the goalkeeper going to do? Are they going to do the same thing? Are they going to guess different? And you start to get in your own head, and that's what it looked like with Vela because he put it 15 rows into the stands. Jason, talk to me a little bit about the way that this schedule looks. I mean, they played here on Wednesday – uh, we know we just talked about they're going to be at home on Saturday, and then they'll get a little bit of a break where they don't play again until Wednesday against New York, and then they turn right back around a few days later and play on Saturday. You know, and then then it's Sunday the following week. I mean, how tough of a stretch is this going to be? Starting with last night, where you're West Coast and you're home, and then you go up to New York. You know, in a couple of weeks here. I mean, just you know, it does feel like a funky part of the schedule right now. Yeah, it is. This Saturday game is going to be really tough. Um, Luckily, D.C. United, for some strange reason, decided to schedule a friendly last night. So they played last night. Uh, They did rotate guys through, but a lot of the players that I would expect to play on Saturday for D.C. United played against Nekoxa of Liga MX last night in a friendly, which is one of the crazier scheduling things I've ever seen. Atlanta United didn't have a choice here because this game was rescheduled from the weekend. LAFC was in the CONCACAF Champions League final, got bumped back to Wednesday, and it is difficult. I mean, play last night, the 
theory now, I think in these situations with coming back and having to play on short rest is what we did. You stay in on the West Coast after the game. You get a normal night of sleep and then have your travel day. And the team was doing a region when they got back into town, uh, kind of just a region day, and then they'll train tomorrow, light training session, probably very light training session, and turn around and play on Saturday. And when you get into that, one coming up later in the month with the Wednesday at home and then travel for the Saturday game. At least it's a shorter trip, but you almost have to think of the two games a little bit as a package deal when you're preparing because you don't have that time in between to implement anything tactically. You're, you're not going to have training sessions in there. You're not going to be able to do that. So you have to think about it as a package deal from a tactical perspective, but you also have to think about it okay, how many minutes are guys going to be able to give you? And Yorgos Yakimakis still trying to get back to 90 minutes fitness. He's not there. I don't know what he's got in the tank for Saturday. Mateus Hosechu, like I mentioned, he didn't have a great night last night. Also had a ton of defending to do. He looked very exhausted by the end of his time on the pitch. Can he go 90 if needed on, on Saturday? You might have to see some rotation in these kind of games. And it's a good thing that the young players are stepping up. Uh, Tyler Wolf has been great off the bench here lately. Machoke Chol, a Johnny Fortune. These are guys who have earned this opportunity, and I think you're going to have to trust them to get you through some spots where the legs are heavy. Last question, Jason. Um, you know, fair or unfair, for a long time, MLS was looked at as a league that you would have great players that would – end their career, right? I mean, you would have great players from around the world that would come to MLS and they were kind of on their last legs and past their prime and things like that and just kind of rode off into the sunset in, in MLS. What does Messi joining MLS mean for this league? And, and what does it mean, you know, again, uh, a guy who's not over the hill by any stretch, but what does it mean for MLS to get Messi to come to inner Miami? It's crazy. Honestly, it's, it's crazy following on all of this and how it's all developed. I mean, this was the window that it was first possible. And I wasn't sure if it would happen here. Um, kind of went back and forth on it after they won the World Cup because I think if they hadn't won the World Cup, I don't know what trajectory his career takes. Does he, you know, does he still have the motivation to keep going at that point? I feel like the World Cup is maybe rejuvenated him a bit and he had a great tournament and he had a great year in in Ligue 1 with PSG one of the best attacking seasons um, of the top five major leagues in Europe that was Lionel Messi this season at 35 so I think it's it's a really unique situation where MLS is not in the business now uh, of going and signing 35 year olds on a regular basis Lionel Messi is not your ordinary 35-year-old, and just some of the things that we've seen already from the signing that it's not even uh, technically official. I think they still have some final things to, to nail down in terms of the financials, but in Inter-Miami's Instagram followers have gone up by 4.4 million wow. in 24-plus hours. Wow. They have more Instagram followers than any team in any major league in the United States now mm. because of Messi. They had 1 million going into the day yesterday. Like stuff like that's crazy. I mean, I don't know how many subscriptions Apple has sold since Messi was announced. Uh, we've seen tickets here in Atlanta. The resale price go up. 
we've seen tickets with the new exp- exp- uh, expanded capacity for that match. Those tickets are selling. Charlotte did the same thing. I'm sure they sold a ton of tickets. Just from a straight-up quick financial impact, if you have a question about why MLS would go get a guy at 35 like Messi, <laughs> straight away the, the dollars and the impressions and the attention justifies it. And I think he's a different kind of guy in terms of he's not going to come here and coast. He is a very competitive player. He's somebody who doesn't like to miss games. He doesn't like to be subbed out. He wants to go win Copa America in 2024 with Argentina, which is going to be played in the U.S. And if he stays healthy, I think he might try to defend the World Cup title in 2026, also being played in this country. So it all kind of lines up perfectly to get something like this done. And I'm just still a little in shock that it is going to happen. And, Jason, if uh, we know anything, as Joe Pesci said in Casino, it's always about the dollars. It's always it about always the dollars. Is. Yes, always, always about the dollars. So, Jason Longshore will be on the call on Saturday, D.C. United in town, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 kick. Jason and uh, Mike, uh, Mike Connie will have the call for uh, Atlanta United as uh, I will be large and in charge uh, there, and he joined us here on the waitfor.com hotline, at Longshoe on Twitter. Jason, as always, my friend, appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes with us tonight. Thanks for having me on, as always. I'll see you Saturday. You got it. We will be there. Large and in charge, Day-Day. Large and in charge. Coming back, what's bugging Chuckery? All of this is all bad. I'll talk about that next. Chuckery in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Kia Studios, 404-726-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line now. Our phone line plus it is our text line. Um, This game has been wild at Truist Park. It's now 8-5 Mets. I mean, we're not even to the fourth inning. Well, I should say. We're only in the top of the fourth inning. And there's already been 13 runs that have been scored. 13 runs, and we're only in the top of the fourth with only one out. And that was, what, the fourth home run of the game? Third. No, only third home run. Yeah, third home run Yeah, because Riley homered in the first inning. Right. And then uh, Nimmo had the grand slam, and that's only the third home run. So... (laughs) Verlander has three innings, seven hits, five runs, four of them earned, four walks, three strikeouts, and a home run given up. 82 pitches in three innings for Verlander. And Strider said, hold my beer. Three and a third inning for Strider. Eight hits, eight runs, all of them earned, two walks, Seven strikeouts, two homers given up, 
and he's got 83 pitches in barely three innings. Oy vey. Woo. I mean, this has been a whale of a game. I mean, crazy. 13 runs in the game so far. And the broadcast, I mean, I'm listening to bits and pieces. You know, they got Chipper, Glavin, Smoltzy, and Francoeur doing the game tonight. Right? That's who's doing the game tonight. So, And then they just had Greg Maddox on. Um, they they called him on the phone or whatever like that, and he's, you know, kind of chiming in as well. So the broadcast has been fun, but this game's been crazy. Strider not pitching well tonight. Eight hits and eight runs in less than four innings. He's got the strikeouts. I mean, when he does record an out, it pretty much is a swing and a miss. But eight hits. You don't normally see him strike out eight guys and give up eight hits and eight runs to go along with it. It's crazy eights tonight, right? So far, it's been all crazy eights. Eight hits, eight runs, eight earned, eight strikeouts, 86 pitches. Phew. Yeah, his ERA has jumped up to 3.8. What It was like, what, 2, 275? Now it's up to 3.8. Yeah, it's been uh, been crazy. So Braves are down. Um, they got to rally now, so they uh, got to figure out a way to try to get this thing done. But yeah, it's um, it's been a heck of a uh, heck of a game uh, thus far. So, and again, the broadcast has been fun. Listening, listening to the broadcast. I mean, just little bits and pieces as I listen in in uh, commercial breaks and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's just kind of fun listening to Smoltz and Maddox and Glavin and Chipper and you know Frenchie. You know, on the broadcast. I mean, so. Just kind of a nice uh, change of pace um, that they're having um, right now. So, anyway, uh, we'll keep you up to date about what goes on all night long. Uh, speaking of giving you up to date, what's, uh, let's go to What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. NCAA president Charlie Baker, who's the new president for the NCAA, he said today that he wants a federal law to regulate the way college athletes can be compensated for endorsement deals that create a registry of deals, agent certification, and uniform contract standards. Can I ask a question? And I don't know much, okay? My brain is... You know, got zapped in December, and I, I don't function very well, and I don't understand things, okay? Day-Day, is there a federal law about coaches' contracts, athletic directors' contracts? Are there federal laws about that? I have never heard that there oh. is. Okay. Um, uh, so, so is there a federal law that's in place about the way coaches can make money, no, athletic directors. To my knowledge, there has not. University presidents. Is, nope. there, is there a federal law in place? No, no, no. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Baker hopes a bill can move through the House and Senate this fall because it's unlikely to get done next year during an election cycle. So, oh, that's a shame. That's well, boo-hoo to that. Um, here's what, here's what uh, Baker said. Uh, about the future of uh, during the future of college athletics summit, not far from Capitol Hill. Quote, I think it was a big mistake by the NCAA to not do a framework around NIL when they had the opportunity to. And I think there were too many people in college sports who thought no rules would work really well for them. 
and what everybody's discovered is no rules, no transparency, no accountability, no framework doesn't work well for anybody. That's what I think about that. Okay, Jack Leg. The NCAA for years drugged their feet on this issue about players getting compensated. Actually, for decades, they drugged their feet. This was always going to happen. And they had decades and decades to do something about it, to put together a framework. But they drugged their feet. They buried their head in the sand. And then the states <laughs> passed laws saying, okay, they could be compensated. And they took it directly out of the hands of the NCAA because they drugged their feet and didn't do a single damn thing to rectify the situation. You jackleg. What a jackass. I'd like to punch him in the face. What an idiot this guy is. This guy's worse than Mark Emmerich. And he's the biggest douchebag in the world. I hate this guy. You know, how about we got passion sports. What an idiot. What an absolute idiot to come in front of a committee and say these kinds of things. Well, you know, no rules because you didn't do anything. You drug your feet for decades knowing this was going to happen. And the states had to go in and say, wait a second, we need to compensate these players. You idiot. You moron. I don't want to. I want to punch him in his face. That idiot. They had every opportunity to get ahead of all of this. Get ahead of all of it. And they didn't. And now we're in this quandary because, again, until their hand was forced, they didn't want to do anything. And now kids can get compensated. Now, well, oh, gosh, it's all no rules and all that kind of stuff. Really? What's the rules when coaches change jobs? What's the rules when athletic directors get out of their contracts and change jobs every time? What's the rules there? Let me ask you, Day-Day. Mm -hmm. Do you think that George, you know, George is what? A public university mm -hmm. in, this, in the university system? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when Kirby Smart is making $9 million a year, do you think that that money comes directly from the University of Georgia? No. Okay, of course it doesn't because there are limits as to what coaches can at a public yeah. university can make, right? Or that they There's, can pay them, th right. there, there are laws in the state that tell you, not federal, in the state that say how much a state employee can be compensated, right? Yep. But how do they get all their money then, Day-Day? How do they get all of their money? How do they make $9 million a year if the state of Georgia isn't paying them? Oh, yeah, we know. The, no, no, the, how do they do it? Oh, I'm asking boosters you. Boosters and yeah, all that. Boosters, yeah. Nike, Adidas, yep. Under Armour. Dealerships. Yeah. Everything. Whatever. And these jackasses had every opportunity to get their arms around this issue and didn't do a single solitary thing. They sat back and watched it all unfold. And now all of a sudden it's, oh, well, there's no rules. 
What an idiot. Who's this guy? What's this guy's name? Charlie Baker. If I met him, I'd punch him in his face. Because he's the biggest idiot on two legs. You know what? Mark Emmert looks like he looks like a Mensa member compared to this guy. What an idiot. Those two Gavones, they should take and do like a Three Stooges act and Mark Emmert and Charlie Baker knock their two heads together. They should go like the Three Stooges. Dunk. Remember when they did that in the Three Stooges? Dunk. When Mo would take the two heads and dunk them together? That's what somebody should do. That's what, a, that's what a college – who's the best college player in the country? Marvin Harrison Jr.? Okay, Marvin Harrison Jr. should take in one hand have Mark Emmert's head and in the other hand have Charlie Baker's head and dunk them together because they're two jack legs. I loathe people like this. Loathe. Do you hear me? I loathe people like this. When you had an opportunity for decades to get ahead of all of this, they didn't. They didn't do a single thing. Again, Steve Spurrier has always talked about it's a 1950s rule book trying to govern in the 21st century. That was Steve Spurrier's quote. And that's what it is. And they want to do this old, antiquated way where only they benefit. Where only the presidents, the ADs, and their universities benefit. Damn the torpedoes to the kids, right? Well, we get scholarships and sweatpants. Now the playing field is starting to level. And by the way, it ain't just, hey, wasn't that a myth? Oh, it's only going to be football players that make money. Really? So the Cavender twins don't make any money, huh? All those foot, all those uh, swimmers, divers. How about the gymnast from LSU? How many millions is she raking in? Right? The 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 cap. What's their name? The Cavender twins or whatever? Yeah. Out of Stanford. Yeah, they were bankrolled. Yeah. How much money? How much millions are they making? Oh, but it's only going to be football players. It's not going to be fair, really, because all the girls are making way more money than the football players are. What a bunch of uh, yeah. idiots. What's her name at LSU? Um, can't, uh, yeah, the Reese? gymnast. No, Ann Candace oh, Reese. Oh, uh, yeah, Reese. Yeah. Yeah. Her and her teammate, Flaugé Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, they're rolling. Yeah. Guess what? Now it's like, oh, well, there's no rules and all that. What a bunch of idiots. They had every opportunity to get their arms around this issue and didn't do a solitary thing until the states came in. Now we need federal laws. Great. How about fix the damn gas prices? How about fix inflation? How about stimulate the economy? How about that, jackasses? That's what's bugging Chuck. <sighs> Any concerns about Charlie Morton? We'll talk about that next. Chuck in the Key Studios. Sports Radio Not to the Game. Odyssey.com app.
Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.